Would you just join your hearts with me for about 10 more minutes? I want to share some thoughts with you about the greatest story ever told. So we leave here not just being entertained, but understanding what Christmas is all about. Let's pray. Father, in the next few moments, would you speak to every heart like only you can? In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know if you caught it, but the last song was Show Yourself. Elsa sang it in Frozen 2. She was searching for her power, the essence of where she came from. And that question, show yourself, is not so far different than what we ask God on so many different occasions. God, show yourself to be real. God, show yourself. Let me know everything's going to be okay. God, let me know that you care. God, do something to lift my faith. The cry of the human heart many times is, God, show yourself. And many of us would think, what, what a question to ask the Almighty. How can we ask God? We're human beings. How can we ask him, God, show yourself? Who are we to question God? Here's the thing, though. God thinks it's a very fair question. And so over and over again throughout time and history, God has shown himself. How so? Well, think about this through creation. Listen to what the gospel says. The book of Romans says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. How does God show himself through creation? Well, through something that we called, we call sophisticated complexity. Everybody take out your iPhone or your, if you have an inferior phone, take that out too. Look at this phone. Imagine, imagine you had, did you ever think that you'd have something in your hand? You can watch TV. You can stream. You can text. You can call. Something like this. You, your whole world revolves around this. And when you're bored later on, take it home and open it up and look at all the chips and the circuits and everything like that. And as you're sitting on your couch, looking at your phone, ask yourself this question. How did this get here? I guarantee you nobody in here is going to go, oh, that's the result of an explosion in a metal factory. Nobody's going to think that. Matter of fact, everybody is going to say there had to be an intelligent designer behind this iPhone, namely Steve Jobs, right? Well, think about this. The greatest proof, some of the greatest proof that God is real and some of the greatest ways that God has showed himself to us is through you and I, the most sophisticatedly complex creation on the world or in the world today. Take, for example, your eyes. See these two things right here? Do you know that it contains 130 million light-sensitive rods and cones, and they generate photochemical reactions that convert light into electrical impulses? And they send over a billion of those impulses to your brain every second. The eye could make a 100,000 separate motions, and when confronted with darkness, your eye increases its ability to see a 100,000 times. That is better than any iPhone camera on the planet, and we're on number 13. God's number one is better than man's number 13. What am I trying to say to you? Well, Charles Darwin said this. He's the kingpin for evolution. He said to suppose that the human eye with so many parts all working together could have been formed by natural selection seems, I freely confess, absurd in the highest degree. The fact that you and I exist, 
the creation of Almighty God, the sophisticated complexity of the universe and human beings is God showing himself to us. How else has God shown himself to us? Well, through our conscience. Have you ever heard people argue with one another? And sometimes it could be amusing, especially like on television. Ralph Cramden and Ed Norton. Marie and Frank Barone. Jerry and George Costanza. SpongeBob and Patrick. Keeping with the theme, Mickey and Donald. But what's funny about watching human beings quarrel is, is there seems to be something interesting. When people argue or fight, there seems to be an expected standard of behavior that is supposed to be followed and that one person in the argument thinks that the other person has violated. And so people say things like this. They say things when they argue, how'd you like if somebody did that to you? Or why are you bothering them? They, they, they haven't done anything wrong to you. Or leave them alone or give me a bite of your stickers. I gave you one the other day. In other words, there is this, this certain expectation that people adhere to a standard. And this standard that is kind of innate in human beings that we expect each other to behave by seems to cross cultures and civilizations. Matter of fact, did you know that in almost every culture, loyalty is valued over betrayal, kindness over meanness, fidelity over infidelity, truth-telling over deceitfulness, and love over hate. And the standard seems to be more than just instinct or desire because, you know, the basic of all human desire is to avoid danger that winds up being fatal. And so people don't run into burning buildings for no reason. People don't run in front of traffic for no reason. People don't jump into stormy seas for no reason. But if you introduce a person crying for help in any one of those situations, most people will override their instinct to survive and put their lives at danger to help somebody because they know it's the right thing to do. And the other thing about this standard It seems to tell us when things that are natural are right or wrong. So, for instance, intimacy and the need for love and affection is natural. So if you're married and you're intimate, it's okay. But if you force intimacy on a stranger that you don't know, this standard that seems to be in us tells us that's wrong. Well, where did this standard come from? Where did this consciousness come from? in human beings that crosses over cultures and civilizations come from. Listen to what the Bible says. It says, when outsiders who have never heard of God's law follow it more or less by instinct, they confirm its truth by their obedience. They show that God's law is not something alien imposed on us from without, but woven into the very fabric of our creation. There is something deep within that echoes God's yes and no, God's right and wrong. God has shown himself to us, not only through creation, but also through our conscience. Now here's where it gets real good, and I'm almost done. God has shown himself through us, or to us, through our heart connection. There's this story that we seem to tell over and over and over in human history. And every time the story is told, we love it. Here's how it goes. A God or God-like being, a hero who himself is the son of God and a mortal woman, 
sets out to bring this great power to mankind. In some cases, wisdom. In other cases, eternal life. But in the course of his quest, the God hero learns that he must die. And sometimes it's by his own choice, and sometimes he's killed by his enemy. But just when the enemy thinks that he's going to win, the God hero rises from the dead in victory and claims his prize and saves mankind from the evil fate of their enemy. We love this story. It's Harry Potter. It's Superman. It's Thor. It's Captain America. It's Neo from the Matrix. It's Star Trek Spock. It's King Arthur. It's Black Panther. And every time we tell the story, we flock to it. We can't get enough of it. It sells out. We tell another story like it, and it becomes a bestseller. And some people would say, well, what is it about this story? How come it brings us to tears? And how come it engages our emotions? And how come we can't get enough of it? Pastor, those are all fairy tales and fantasies. I agree, but nobody would argue that that story seems etched in the hearts of mankind. J.R.R. Tolkien, the Lord of the Rings, he was instrumental in C.S. Lewis's conversion to Christianity from an atheist. Here's what he said about He said, now the story of Christ is simply a true myth, working on us in the same way as others, but with this tremendous difference, it really happened. In other words, this story has been told and told and told, and the reason why we love it is because God put something in us that would be attracted to it so that we would know the real story when it came. Last thing I want to share with you. How else has God shown himself to us? Through Christ. By becoming one of us. Here's the God of the universe and the cry of human heart. Is God, show yourself. Let us know you're real. And God's like, okay, I'll become one of you. And for 33 and a half years, literally the God of the universe said, here I am. Look at me. I'm a man just like you. The God of the universe lays aside his deity, wraps himself in our humanity, lays aside his royal robes and wraps himself in our human rags. The God of the universe becomes one of us. And for 33 and a half years, he shows himself to all of mankind, a sinless supernatural, spotless life. All those who are alive at the time got to see him, but for us who would live after him, he left a blueprint, a picture, so that we would know. He left a record of mighty miracles, a record of ultimate wisdom, a record of moral perfection, of absolute forgiveness, of amazing love. And listen, a record that says, There is nothing more powerful than I. Because this God that left an imprint on the world defeated the grave. And the reason why he did that is so that you and I would know he was no ordinary baby. The Christmas story is God saying, you want to see me? You want me to show myself? Okay, here I am. Look at me. I'm not hidden. I'm not distant. I'm present. I'm here for you to see. And the reason why I didn't come riding on a cloud with lightning bolts and thunder is because I didn't want to scare you. I came as a baby because I wanted to save you. This is the Christmas story. And here is the million, billion, trillion dollar question. 
every Christmas season. What will you do with God's answer to the cry of the human heart? Show yourself. Because you've got to do something with it. You can't just ignore it. You can't just live your life as though the greatest story ever told that keeps getting told over and over again is just a fable and a myth. You have to do something with it. And here's what Christmas means. Jesus Christ showed himself to us so that we would be saved from our sins. What have you done with that? Have you bowed your knee? Have you said to God, God, I need to be saved from my sins. Listen to me. Every person does, and you don't automatically get saved from your sins. You can't outgood your sins. You can't get to a point in your life where you just think, well, I'm good, and so I've outgood my sins. Jesus would have never had to come. He would have never had to die on a cross for that. The only way to be saved from your sins is for you to bow your knee to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. And here's what's at risk. If you do that, your sins are forgiven and you're given the gift of eternal life and the promise of heaven in the place that God has prepared for us. But here's the consequence of ignoring it. You don't get to spend eternity in heaven. You get to spend eternity apart from God in a place never created for us that God never wanted one person to go to and that's hell. It's heaven, it's hell. And what lies in between the two is what will we do with Jesus showing himself to you? Would you join me in prayer? Because this is what Christmas is about. It's not about the presents. It's not about the cookies. It's not about the family. It's not about the Christmas trees. It's not about the lights. I love all of those things. I want you all to enjoy all of those things. But that is not what Christmas, lest we miss one of the greatest moments in history God comes along and he says, on Christmas, I came to save you. My question for you, every head bowed, every eye closed, is are you right with God? Have you bowed your knee to the Savior of the universe? Have you said, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior, and today I want you to forgive me. I want you to wash away my sin. I want to be made right with you, with no one looking around. We won't embarrass you, I promise you. But this is Christmas. This is what it's about. If you're here today and say, Pastor, I don't know if I'm right with God, but this moment I want to be. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, I won't embarrass you. But you need to surrender to God. Just lift your hand up so I can pray for you. Pastor, that's me. God bless all of you for those hands. That's amazing. Right now, heaven is rejoicing because God loves you that much. I want to lead you in a prayer right now, and I want every one of you in this place to say it for the benefit of those who raise their hand because this is how you get right with God. You don't get right with God by trying to be good. That's the byproduct of being right with God. You don't get right with God by showing up for church, although you ought to be here every single Sunday, I promise you. You get right with God by receiving his free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Would you all pray this prayer with me? Everybody praying out loud. Heavenly Father. This moment, I give you my life. I ask you to forgive me. And I thank you for showing yourself to me in Jesus Christ. I receive him as my personal savior and I will never be the same in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, as simple as it sounds, the Bible says you've been made right with God. Now here's what you need to do from this point forward. Walk with him. 
How do you do that? You get in a good Bible-believing church that can help you in your journey with the Lord, that can coach you, that can help you be discipled. If you don't have one, this right here is the greatest church on the planet. I promise you. I'm not being biased. I'm obviously playing. We invite you to come on out. We have services again next weekend for Christmas weekend. We're going to be looking at the gospel story through the movie Charlie Brown. It'll be great. You don't want to miss it. God bless all of you. been so good to be with you. Merry, Merry Christmas to all of you. We love all of you, and we hope to see you real soon. God bless.